Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And we're almost six years on now, and it all started with interviewing record labels. Why? Because I was running my own record label, and I felt insecure, and I felt like out of touch, and I didn't know why things weren't going the way I had hoped they were going. And so I thought maybe I'll just ask some of these independent record labels out there if they'll give me some advice. And I think six years, is that what? I, I'll have to double check that. Um, and anyway, we're still doing it. And today I'm interviewing my friend Amy from uh, Allegedly Records, which gosh, even to this day, and, and I did this interview a couple months ago, but even to this day, I'm struggling so hard to spell that word. I don't know why. Anyway, one of the cool things in this interview I want you to listen for is this talking about this punk box, this like punk subscription um, box that they did. Uh, they've discontinued it since then just because it's it's um, a lot of work to put on, but I just love this idea. I love it so much. It's hard for me as a Canadian to subscribe to these things because they usually cost more to bring them across the border. But man, I just love this. I hope more people take this on. I think it's a really good idea. Anyway, I think you'll enjoy today's interview. A big shout out to our sponsor, Infinite Catalog, the best solution for managing your record labels royalties having everything all presented nicely on their screen and making sure your artists get paid you can check them out and show your love to them by going to infinitecatalog.com and if you go to infinitecatalog.com slash other record labels you can get a special discount um well let's dive right in um i gotta say i'm uh the name it, I want to ask you about the name Allegedly Records because um, I find it I'm as I'm getting ready for today, doing some research, preparing some files and stuff. Um, it's like one of those words that I can't spell. I can't spell allegedly. I, how long did it yeah, take you, you to learn? Both. We actually <laughs> we did a split comp with another record label one time, and um, it wasn't until I came back and the guy from the other record label is. Uh, River Monster Records uh, messaged me and he was like, "Hey, you guys know you spelled allegedly wrong on your on the comp, right?" <laughs> we were like, mm, uh, no. "On you did, you, <laughs> obviously it was your... we did it." Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. So the name when we started, um, there were five people involved, um, and the two guys who ended up leaving are the ones who came up with allegedly. Mm -hmm. uh, my current partner Bree and I weren't ever like super sold on it. <laughs> But, you know, we'd already started branding everything yeah. and, you know, we had our allegedly green. And so yeah. we stuck with it. It's it's grown on me, but it's um, probably wouldn't have been my first choice. Well, I personally, I don't think names matter when it comes to record labels. I really don't. I, 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 yeah. I think it's like... 10th place of things to worry about. But I, I, uh, I really like it. And I kind of, it made me think, and I mean, I don't know, you didn't come up with this, so maybe you don't know the, the meaning behind it, but perhaps you've adopted a new meaning for you. But I love, you know, it makes me think of a, a label in our community, Totally Real Records, that is kind of like a um, self-deprecating name. And so I find like Allegedly Records to me reminds me of that, um, you know, that type of self-deprecation in nature, you know what I mean? Like maybe I'm wrong, but like not, not in a bad way, just like not taking yourselves too seriously. No, that's absolutely us. We are, we are very self-deprecating <laughs> <laughs> and we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I think that's why, um, you know, cause we're kind of a different label. We're more of a marketing label. Um, okay. but I think it's just the fact that we don't take ourselves too seriously that people do like to work with us. Yeah. I mean, we're just, 
here to have fun pretty much. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think that is cool. So when you say your marketing label, do you, can I just rewind there? Like, what does that mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we don't like our bands put out their own music really. Um, oh. Oh. So we don't, I mean, we have done it before, but we don't too often. Um, they usually take care of all that stuff. Our contracts are open-ended. Anyone can leave at any time. Cool. We don't own any of their music. That's theirs. Yeah. So therefore we don't really make any money either. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, we do a lot of like the PR marketing, getting them, you know, on fests and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, just help push their name out there a little more. That's amazing. So you do everything a label does except for like fund the release and distribute the release, manufacture the release? Right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's really cool. I've never heard of that yeah. before. I love yeah, that. Yeah, we belong to like a network of a bunch of different labels. And it's so interesting because everybody does it differently. Sure. Like no, no two people in that, like, it's just a bunch of different punk labels. Yeah. Nobody does it the same. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I that think is. None of us really know what we're doing. <laughs> Well, nobody does. That's that's great. Like I, I think that is really cool. I mean, I think there's people who are listening and going, wait a second, that's against the rules. Like it, you know what I mean? It just doesn't jive with like it's you know, it's a from what we're what we're used to, but I think that's so cool in a way. What is attract I mean, that must be very attractive to the artists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they don't mind putting out their stuff or if they're they mostly do digital, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's usually when somebody hits us up, the first thing I ask them is, what What are you looking for in a label? Because we might not be it. Right. And, you know, I can definitely recommend some people that might be a better fit, but yeah. if you're looking to be part of a family and, you know, have fun, then that's us. Right. But, and that's something you can still offer, even if you're not distributing at all. It's just yeah. this collective in a way. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I know a lot of labels who operate as a nonprofit per se, um, or mm -hmm. not a, maybe not an officially a nonprofit, but more of just like a labor of love. You said that like without involving the recordings, you don't make money. Is that entirely true? Um, I mean, we don't make a lot. We make enough to sustain. Um, so where, sorry, where does the revenue really... come from? What's up? How, how does, how does the label like get a, a share from the artist? Like how does that oh, kind of revenue. like revenue agreement work? Mostly merch. Um, okay. We, you know, we anything we sell on our website, we take 40, they take 60. Um, okay. And then, you know, we have in our contract, like if we got you a sync licensing deal or something like that, we get a percentage. I don't remember what the percentage sure. is. Sure, okay. Things like that. I mean, if we were going to really, if we were worried about making a profit, we'd probably push a little more for some of those things, but yeah. you know, as long as we can, you know, keep our website paid. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. <laughs> I remember that was the same way for me too. It's like, I wanted to get as much to the artist as possible. And it, I was just thinking about those monthly recurring fees. I'm like, listen, as long as like you guys help me cover that, that, that was always sure, like yeah. my like minimum. So um, that is really interesting. So then you can, do you sell records though? Like on your website, like if a band has made their own or on Bandcamp, like I saw you have a Bandcamp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do sell, we will sell records. Um, it kind of like, you know, sometimes it's a little bit slow cause it depends on them just getting them to us. Yeah. Um, I'm in California. Okay. My partner's in Pennsylvania and then we have a third partner in New York. So 
Okay. We're kind of all over the place, yeah. and everything ships out of Pennsylvania. That's where our like headquarters are. Okay. So. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, like, there's really no rules, right? And so, I mean, you you can be. Yeah. I know a label who's kind of moving more towards retail and selling other people's records, and so you can do that. You can still do retail in addition to the kind of PR side of things. Just taking out that, you know, managing of the recording side of things and distribution. That mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually thought about um, doing just like district because I also own a um, music marketing and PR company. I'm going to ask so you about that. About branching from that and doing like, um, like international kind of distribution for right. bands that are, you know, in Europe or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doing North American. I thought that might be kind of cool, but that's cool. So give me, yeah. so you, were you involved with, with forming the label? Can you give me a little backstory about the origin and how long you guys have been at this? Yeah, yeah, it will be three years um, this month, November 20, I think Thanksgiving, actually, it'll be three years. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and I wasn't from the, I probably came in two weeks later. Okay. After they had already sort of started, um, my friend Bree, I just knew her from Facebook, um, told me that she was starting a label with some of some people she knew and asked if I wanted to be involved, and I, um, I got... I had a blood, I have a blood disorder. So I had a blood clot over COVID and it couldn't work anymore. Oh, wow. So I was just like sitting at home bored. Like I couldn't <laughs> be around people. I couldn't do anything. So I was yeah. like, hell yeah. I'll yeah. Start a label with you. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we just kind of fumbled our way through it. Um, we, we stay pretty small right now. I think we have 11 bands. We just signed three more that I haven't put on the website yet. Okay. Um, awesome. But yeah, we stay pretty small and we, you know, just really try to make sure that like everything clicks with it. Yeah. But yeah, like I said earlier, there were five of us when we started. Um, five is a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. <laughs> um, and after six months, there were three. So right, well, that's where we are now. We still have okay. the three of us. Yeah, but. that's good. Well, and yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, after the excitement of the idea wears off. You know, the entrepreneurial seizure. It like it starts to. I mean, the fact that you guys have been here for the the back half of the year in eighteen months or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the last mm-hmm. the last year and a half or so. Um, that's really the hard part. The first couple of months, there's so much excitement because it's new. Yeah. Yeah. And we were getting, you know, everyone was paying attention to us and you know, yeah. Yeah, that was fun, but yeah. then it wore off. And yeah, it was a lot of like, we never really had thought about the different directions, you know, and we do all have different, even still we have different ideas, but I think we're um, a little bit better equipped to, to, you know, talk those different opinions out and come up with right. solutions. Is, yeah. is three a good number? I mean, you would always have like, like you could always be two two against one in voting. Like, I feel like three is a, almost a better number than two. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, our third partner, Chris, he, um, he has a really demanding day job. So he just, he kind of does like more art stuff. Okay. Uh, and Bree and I run like all the day-to-day stuff. Um, but it is nice, you know, to have that kind of tiebreaker there if if Bree and I should, <laughs> yeah, you know, lock horns and not be able to come to an agreement. So what part of the job but, are you passionate about? Like when you were when you were brought on, like where did you raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to I want to do that part of running a label? That was the marketing and PR. I've okay. always I've always liked that side of things. Um, 
my mom's owned marketing companies and I've always worked for her. So nice. I really like that. I like, especially with music, you know, yeah. my mom did political p- campaigns. I wasn't like fun <laughs> or anything, but yeah. you know, being able to actually push music that I liked and being able to do that kind of stuff. Um, in the beginning, I also really enjoyed social media. Not so much anymore. Yeah. Um, why is and that? that's more just like the changes. Yeah. You yeah, like it, once, uh, once Facebook took over Instagram and the algorithms were just yeah. impossible to deal with, I that's yeah. not so fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the strategy always is changing. You know, even mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean I can I can pinpoint three or four changes with Instagram alone in the past five years that just completely upend, especially for people like us who if we're not comfortable with it we finally get comfortable with it. Like we finally get into something and then it changes again. That's what I find. That's what makes it difficult. Yeah. Well, and it's not designed for small businesses who aren't paying, you know, okay. it's designed for the businesses that are paying in the advertising. Right. Um, that's true. You're not, you're, you're pushed under. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you, you can't mm-hmm. expect to just post an ad and, and get thousands of people for free. Yeah. 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 And I mean, even, even when you advertise, you know, you're kind of actually doing yourself a disservice um, because the way the algorithms work, like they'll see that you had all these likes and all these new follows and stuff, and then that immediately drops off. Right. So then they see it as, oh, well, your stuff's boring now. And, you know, <laughs> you kind of end up lower than you were before. Wow. What does uh, what does marketing look like from in the punk world? Like, what does that, I'm just curious if it's this, if it's similar to all genres or if there's things that, um, are, that your audience responds to better when you're promoting a um, release? I would say it's pretty much the same. I I go to Berkeley and I take marketing classes okay. uh, there. Um, and, you know, a lot of the stuff I've learned there is stuff that we've already been doing. One thing I will say about punk, um, and this is, you know, I've had three businesses, four businesses now in the, in the punk world, is okay. you can get away with a little bit more. Like you can... You can drop some F-bombs here and there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, you can fight with customers sometimes, and everyone's like, yeah. Uh, fight with customers. <laughs> yeah, well, not really customers, I guess, but, like, we've had some people, like, you know. I used to have a business with a couple other people called Punk Box. Okay. And it was just, like, a monthly merch um, subscription yeah. service boxing. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And that one, we'd get a lot of people like, you, know, you guys are posers, you're sellouts. And yeah, <laughs> that our most engaging posts, like the ones that we got the most likes on were the ones where somebody would say that. And then we would just be like, you know, we would respond yeah. usually in not that nice of a way. Yeah. And other people would like jump on and get on. And defend yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like that, I guess, is different. Yeah. <laughs> like my marketing company, I don't really run that way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You can't really plan for that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, even so, like I am doing PR, I shouldn't be arguing with people, you know. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's the opposite. <laughs> uh, well, let me sidetrack for a second because I saw this when I was reading about you this morning about this punk box. I understand it might be on hiatus, but I'm I'm curious about, I think it's genius. Can you explain it to me? I'm, I mean, I have like a little bit of uh, experience with punk, um, I, I enjoy all genres and today I was listening to your music and I, I was like, I really do like punk. I need to listen to more punk. Anyway, uh, I would get that just because it's like, sometimes I need people to like 
remind me that I need to listen to this genre and spoon feed me titles because I'm too busy to research or something. So please explain to me about punk box. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I'm the same way. I listen to a lot of different genres um, and especially working in punk, like listening to demos, listening to clients, music, listening to our band's music. Like sometimes I just don't want to listen anymore. Yeah. But punk box, I really liked because it was nice to be able to help smaller bands, like get their music out there. Mm. So basically we had a lot of people that would um, donate to us. Okay. But generally we tried to buy from bands, you know, just to help support them in that way. Uh, usually they'd give us wholesale prices, okay. which was nice. Yep. So then we would, you know, take all the stuff. Um, we try to do like one big bigger item like a shirt or a hat or you know sometimes we would do all vinyl months okay um and then we'd usually try to put like four to five between four and six pieces of music in it whether that was cds cassettes digital downloads um vinyl yeah and then then we just put like silly things in like stickers and buttons and then we'd usually do something seasonal like halloween candy or something like that yeah um and it was a lot of fun it just we all kind of got busy with our own projects and yeah, it just sort of was the one that we were like, all right, well, if we're going to let one go, it's punk box. But. Oh, that's too bad. I, I really love the idea. And I mean, I would be so interested in like doing six months of that and then six months of a jazz version of that. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. think it's really cool. And uh, I mean, everyone loves getting mail. Everyone mm-hmm. loves, um, I had something come in the mail today. That it was something I, I, my wife had ordered and I didn't know that it was coming. And just that feeling of like, what is this? And then open it, it uh-huh. wasn't exciting in the end, but it was like, this is such a great feeling. And so to actually pay money for that, you know, box to come and be like, what am I going to get? Um, uh-huh. Man, that would be so cool. And so you yeah. had, were, were you doing your own label or this was other labels, other artists as well? Other artists, other labels, yeah. anyone that wanted to send us stuff uh, we were down with. Yeah. Um, and it, we started it because we, it was my partner from the label, Brie and I, that had it. And then we partnered with, um, this girl named Cassie who has one for ska. She's, oh, okay. She has ska box. Okay. So, um, we kind of, and she's, who's I think going to take over her punk box and kind of mix it with ska box. So it, it should be coming back sometime, I think in that's April amazing. or something. I just won't yeah. be part of it. Yeah, no, but, that's, um, that's good. How much would yeah. it, how, what's the pricing of that? If I can ask, like how much does do you have to pay yeah. to subscribe? So it's $35 if you're doing one month, but like, if you do like three, six, 12 months at a time, it, it goes it's it gets lower cheaper. and lower. Okay. Okay. Yeah. To, if then I, that's the thing I was going to say It's you know, it's a great deal because you get like $60 worth of stuff for 35 bucks, but it's also kind of a luxury. <clears throat> yeah. And when people were struggling and the economy was tough, like, of course, that's going to be the first thing to go. So, you know, it's kind of hard to to gauge for that. Our summer months were really tough. And oh. then we just shoot back up in the fall. You know, we'd be close to giving up. And then fall would roll around and everyone was buying them again. And, yeah, you know, we were only a couple years in. So it was hard to, it's a, hard to figure that part out. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great Christmas present too. But yeah, I get, yeah. I get that. I mean, I disagree with you. I don't, I think that I would rather give up 
milk and eggs than than getting music yeah. <laughs> in the mail. But whatever, some some people have yeah. other priorities. Sure, pay your rent, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I know I, I I can understand, especially if you're going month by month. July and August, like nobody's home. You know, like for there's a lot of times where people are kind mm -hmm. of like more transient, and it's like yeah. I don't want to, you know. But whereas like in some of the fall months for wherever that is, wherever you are in the world for when that is for you, but like fall and winter, it's nice to have like, you're stuck at home. So you need a little treat. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we did well during COVID too. I mean, we kind of started it, you know, when shutdowns were opening back up. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that was kind of our angle. Like you can't go to a show, but here's all the merch you could have gotten. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it did pretty well then. And I think that is just what it was. Like people just needed something. You know, they weren't able to go out. So yeah, well, it's funny. You know, when we're talking about this now, that that it came up in 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 the research, just because I have been thinking about doing an episode on subscription boxes. I know some labels who do it. Um, we are we're talking with a subscription a vinyl uh, club company this month, and I I just uh, yeah, it's just timely because it's something I'm really interested in. But I think it has to be done the way that you did it, where it's about a genre. Punk box, mm -hmm. by the way, is a great name. And so is ska box. <laughs> I, I want to yeah. get a month of ska box right now for sure. I'm going to do that, especially in the spring yeah, summer. But um, but it's it's a great name, and I feel like it's so clear. But if it were uh -huh. to be like allegedly records box or any of our labels in our community, the issue mm -hmm. with that, and I've done something similar in the past. It's the problem with that is it ends up being kind of like self congratulatory like it's a little bit too much about you and some of the fans of your label will be like i'm a fan of this but not of that unless you're like a very yeah. very consistent um label so the uh, idea that you went genre as opposed to being a box just about your label i feel like you would have had way more success than had you done it just your label do you agree yeah yeah i think so i mean because <clears throat> you never knew what you, there could be skate punk pop punk yeah. like hardcore like and just different bands from everywhere um we would include allegedly stuff but not you know it wasn't it wasn't every month and it wasn't exclusive a lot of times it'd be like oh shoot we're short like two shirts we're gonna pull from the allegedly store <laughs> yeah um, yeah <laughs> that kind of thing but yeah or like yeah, run to no, the record it, store I, yeah <laughs> i think it does um I think that was something that people liked about it is that, and we really tried to keep it separate from allegedly like, no, this is a different thing. Yeah. This is yeah. a totally different venture. Hey, Scott here. Um, I'll get you back to the episode in just a second, but I wanted to let you know if you're listening to this and going, you know what? I've been thinking about starting my own record label. I think now is the time I'm hearing all these people who are just like me who are doing it and are having fun. Maybe I should as well. Come over to our website, otherrecordlabels.com, where I just continue to collect all of these resources. Most of these resources are free that you can download, including our record label toolkit. And so to grab that, all you have to do is to go to otherrecordlabels.com slash toolkit and you can download our record label toolkit that includes tons of resources like templates and checklists and a record label budget and so much more. Go to otherrecordlabels.com slash toolkit. Now back to the interview. Uh, tell me about, as we're on the, the topic of you being an entrepreneur and a serial entrepreneur, it sounds like, but tell me about your PR company. Like, how does that parlay into the label? I mean, I guess your, your uh, passion for marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like a lot of the same stuff that I offer is what I would do um, for our label bands. Mm -hmm. Just 
you know, they have to pay me. Right. <laughs> Our label doesn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff. I do a lot of like uh, designing EPKs and then reaching out to various podcasts, um, trying to get reviews. Mm-hmm. Trying to get reviews is not easy. Um, yeah, it's getting harder, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And like I'll email like two or three times and I'll get like, you know, you know, I'll email like 20 different places two or three times and I'll get like, you know, two people will respond. Um, <laughs> yeah, that but, sounds yeah. about right. You, you just have to keep being annoying, which yeah. I can do, but I don't want to. Uh, but yeah, I so I kind of do like that sort of stuff. Um, and it was a lot of, you know, kind of like, oh, well, this is what we do for the label. This is, you know, I think when I started it, my partner for everything, Bree, was part of it. Uh, she ended up getting sick and mm. decided to step away. Um, she's good now. She's cancer free, but she Whoa. at the time Congrats. was like, I, I don't want to take on another business right now. Like, yeah. Life's short. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And that is what I wanted to do. That is what I'm in school for. So I was like, well, I'm going to keep with it. Um, yeah. And with Damon from Bipolar Records, he's he works with me on that one. Okay. On Beyond the Pit. Yeah. That's so, awesome. So it's called yeah. Beyond the Pit PR. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Let's go back to your label in your genre, in your community. Like, what do you feel that bands need help with the most? Like what makes them attracted to working with your label, especially if they're doing some of the hard stuff like distribution themselves? Um, Mm -hmm. What is it that they need kind of uh, support with? Uh, I think a lot of it is a lot of them do come to us with just trying to get their music out there. Mm-hmm. It's so hard yeah. for small bands right now. And, you know, it's hard to promote Spotify, yourself. Like, what's up? It's hard to promote yourself, too. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times they just don't have that know-how. Like, they're good at their art. They're great at their art. They don't know the business end of it. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think a lot of times that's that's why they come to us. Um and I think a lot of times it is just because we're pretty fun. Like, you know, <laughs> we just, yeah, we just like talk a bunch of shit and don't, you know, we, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. And we are like very like a tight family. How do you foster that family? I mean, are, are your people all from the same city or are they scattered? Um, no, actually we kind of, a lot of them are on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Bree and I have a bit of a difference of opinion there. She wants to just um, sign bands that are, you know, near her. Okay. And I'm like, well, I want to sign bands everywhere. So <laughs> we kind of just came to the agreement that the bands that she signs and manages are going to be, you know, in the region she wants. And then I don't, I didn't really put a limit on that. So yeah, if I sure. just like a band somewhere, then, you know. Yeah, yeah. She, she does have way more bands than I do right now, though. Okay. Just because they're mostly all by her. <laughs> right, right, right. And so are, is there like a support system for, for artists on the label, like to interact with each other, to help each other? Do you find that people are like promoting their label mates in any way? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, I love seeing it too. Um, we do have a group that's the entire label. And then we have a group chat with each of the bands and us. Oh, nice. Nice. And a lot of it is just like silly nonsense throughout the day. But I think that <laughs> lends to a lot of it, just, you know, really getting to know each other and yeah. knowing each other's senses of humor. Yeah. But uh, we had a label showcase in D.C. in March, and I flew out for that. Oh, cool. And it was just, it was so, like, I can't even describe the, like, watching the bands, like, support each other and being like, I 
help do that. Like yeah. I helped make this. I helped make this little yeah. network. It was really cool. That is really cool, especially for something that started online in COVID. Like for yeah. for you to see it in the flesh, that must have been surreal. Yeah. Yeah. With people I didn't know. I mean, I didn't really know anyone that I started the label with. Yeah. Um, and I met like I met Bree for the first time when I went to that showcase. Oh my. So. Yeah. And yeah. that that kind of thing would fuel me for another three years <laughs> of working alone. It really it really yeah. yeah. Not that I was, you know, n- not fueled. Sure. But I'm sure, you know, there are times when you're just like, I, I don't, why am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. Why do I keep doing this? And then something happens and it reminds you of why you're doing it. And yeah. you, you get that kind of energy back. But yeah, no. And you run off it for a little while and then you need another little yeah. opportunity or encouragement thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You mentioned Spotify and I was just curious, like, is how are how's punk do in the streaming world? Um, and 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 actually, if you could also tack on to this question, like, do you have a subgenre of punk that you guys special in or uh, specialize in, or are you kind of all over the board in in punk? So my question about Spotify is like, are you getting any support from third party playlists or other types of playlists for the type of punk you do? Not really. Um, and that oh, is okay. something that I've been like looking into more, trying to get more of those mm-hmm. yeah. placements on playlists. Um, cause it has been tough. It's, yeah. yeah, I think that's something that we can't, and it's something I've been working on for my marketing business anyway. So I think it is something we can break into a little bit better. I'm actually working with some people to kind of create our own like playlist. Yeah, too. Smart. Um, smart. Yeah. Yeah, it's a couple different labels, so hopefully we can just sort of shape the narrative there. Yeah, um, yeah. We do have a lot of, I would say, more like skate punk on the label, okay. but it does vary. Idle Minds is a little bit more. Um, they're not hardcore, but they're not quite so skatey. Yeah. Um, paperback tragedies. They're very skate punk. They're kind of like pop, and then we have a ska band on there. Um, but yeah, we mostly kind of stay in the, I don't want to say pop, but you know, the kind of popier yeah, sound. Yeah. It's the so more melodic stuff. If, if streaming can't, it isn't necessarily as great in the punk world. And I can see that. I understand, um, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people put on playlists for like more of a utility, like to help them fall asleep or to do yoga uh-huh. or something like that. I'm curious then, like, are there other ways that fans engage is it is i remember and i remember there was a time where seven inches was really popular in the punk scene so uh are are cassettes a thing for you guys or um merch i I would imagine too everyone always is wearing something from a punk band or a punk label (laughs) yeah um cassettes are making a a kind of a resurgence right now Mm -hmm. um and yeah vinyl always sells the best anything we can get on vinyl is great yeah um is it is it a seven inch or okay seven inches are great too yeah yeah, yeah. good good and downloads yeah, so that's, downloads not so much okay. we actually stopped doing them on our website just because nobody yeah. was and it's kind of a pain to do i get it yeah uh, yeah like having to convert them back and forth between waves and mb3 so yeah. we just were like no one's buying them let's just stop yeah um, yeah i think people just kind of lean more towards streaming yeah no i totally see that uh, what, what I'm curious then, like you're doing a lot of this marketing, you're doing a lot of this promotion. What role does the artist play 
in promoting their own music. The reason I ask this is that like some, I know that some artists just prefer to focus on the music like you had mentioned. And I've often oh. seen, but, but the, the reason I'm asking is that I've often seen some of the most like creative and energetic promotions come from artists in the punk scene. I mean, they're, they're just, they don't take themselves too seriously. I always just see like so many funny promos that come from these bands. And, and I find, you know, punk and emo bands, like a lot of these artists to be more involved than in some other genres. Um, is that true? Like, do you, do you, how, what role does your artist play in promoting them, their own music in concert with For you me, guys? Personally, like if it's a band on our label or if it's one of my clients, I really very much encourage, like I, I alone can't, you know, I can't do this by myself. I need, I can match what you guys put into it. Like I need you to put wow. in yeah. the same amount because, you know, I can do, I can, you know, send emails and social media posts until I'm blue in the face. But if they're not showing that they believe in themselves, like, you know, it's just, it's not believable when it's not coming from the artist. Yeah. It's coming from somebody like me who's paid to say it, Yeah, you know, it just, it's not the same passion, I think. And that's not to say that I only, you know, say these things because I'm paid to. I do really only just work with music that I like. Right. And I do hope to someday expand beyond punk. I do listen to so many different genres, but it doesn't matter the genre. If I don't like the music, I'm not super comfortable being like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I do. I mean, I do truly believe it, but I'm still a publicist. I'm still a PR person and mm. you have to see the passion come from the band, not just me. I, so, I, yeah, I think it's really important. I like what you said about that. They've got to kind of give it, they've got to come halfway, like meet you halfway, basically. They've yeah. got to, yeah, that's really, that's really smart. And uh, you must work with artists though, that can't, or that maybe they're just super introverted or something like that. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm like, why, why have I chosen to work with artists? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, I love it. But yeah, yeah, there are some that um, I get sometimes like someone, they just kind of like make me famous. Um, right. Like, yeah, I yeah. can't do that. Yeah. That's not, that's not what I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll do my best to, you know, get your stuff out there, but like I'll have some, um, we're like, we, we need you to get us on podcast. We need you to do this, that, this. And then every time I try, they're like, no, busy. You can't do that one. No, I don't like that podcast. I'm not doing it. Oh, geez. No. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So that gets tough. Yeah. There are a lot of different personalities that you have to, okay. <laughs> it's hard. Plan B. Yeah. I think I, I would imagine a lot of like kind of younger, naive artists who would expect some of the bigger publications right out of the gate, which I mean, you know, if they do get, that's awesome. But it's, oh. it's, um, it's hard. It's kind of a hard pill to swallow that you really have to like engage with every blog and, and curator who and podcast who will support you. Who will have you. Yeah. 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 Cause there aren't many. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I do get that a lot. Well, not a lot, but I do get that from time to time also. Like, yeah, we're not going to just get your first. And also with reviews, it gets tough because. I can send them your stuff, you know, over and over, but if they're not going to, I can't make them listen to it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's frustrating for me. It's frustrating for the artists. Cause then they're like, well, what are you doing? 
I know, totally. I'm <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I mean, artists don't listen to this podcast, so they don't know how, like, you know, how we're all up against the same thing that you're up against. And I mean, it. Right. the fact is you have to have, you're sending out these emails. It's, it's like a one in 10 chance that they even open the email. Then it's sure. another one in 10 chance that they listen or that they like it. And then it's another mm-hmm. one in 10 chance after that, that they have the time or the, you know, or the appropriate slot in their publication for a punk yeah. release or for this type of release at that time of year. So it's just yeah. such, it's, it's such a game of luck, really. Especially for a review. I can usually get some, some zines and like publications to do um, like just a little article about it. Yeah. Right. And that's simply because I write it up and say like, Hey, can you print this? Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's very easy that they can, you know, stick in anywhere. Sure. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like they have to have the time. They have to have the, you know, somebody who's able to write the review and take the time to listen to it. And I personally don't like writing reviews. Um, <laughs> I've tried to do that before. I'm I'm not very good at like describing music. No, I mean, <laughs> neither. yeah, no. And I would never want to review something that I didn't like because I would just yeah. feel like a bully. Yeah, me too. That's the next point I was going to say. Like, that's still somebody's art, and yeah. it's still better than I can do. I'm not a musician at all. <laughs> um, and I'm also not the authority on what sounds good to anyone. Yeah, of So course. I have a really hard time with reviews. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, yeah, yeah I'm the same way. Like, I, if I do love something, I don't know why. And then I, mm-hmm. and and then somebody might send me a record that sounds very similar to the record that I'm currently in love with and it doesn't resonate with me for whatever reason. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. <laughs> I, I think, Some people are good at that. I'm not one of them. I think it's one of the reasons why we're seeing less and less reviews, which makes of course your job harder, but it's yeah. just for that reason where it's, you know, I still, I still do like enjoy a review just to kind of force me to check out a record, but for the oh, most yeah. part, I can just listen myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I, I know that I like it. I don't necessarily know why, like you said, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it does, I think more than anything, just kind of serves to get the name out there. I, um, I remember in uh, Jeff Tweedy's book, he was talking about um, how back in, like when he was a kid, probably in the 70s or 80s, he would like read reviews in a magazine and then go to the record store and buy the record based on the review. Like, obviously there is no streaming, right? There's no way to sample it. That's so crazy to think. I I would have kind of like romanticized that era a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess kind of like I was born in 80. So I grew up, I did a lot of like um, Columbia house and BMG. Me too. Yeah. I've done those. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I always get in trouble because I wouldn't pay them. I'm always like, stop. Same. (laughs) Why would they let kids um, order it? I I was yeah. like 13 years old and I didn't yeah. need my, I didn't have a credit card. I didn't need my mom's signature. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, neither. And I, I ordered a ton of CDs. Yeah. Um, That's great. Time. But anyway, so yeah, I guess it's kind of not the same, but similar. Like you just buy CDs like based on, oh, I like this and this artist, you know? Yeah. Um, and I do kind of miss that. I, I kind of miss that era reading through the liner notes. I mean, I still do that with my vinyl, but a lot of times I just buy vinyl only to support the artist. Yeah. I don't necessarily listen to it. I mostly stream. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have this giant collection. Half of them aren't even opened. 
Wow. You know, it's funny. We were talking about that last week with, um, or a couple of weeks ago with a, a pressing plant when we were talking about that recent statistic that like 50% of vinyl owners or buyers of new vinyl don't have a turntable. And I was just, I mean, I was blown away whether or not I believe that stat to be true. But I actually spoke to an, someone else similar to you just last week who said the same thing as you, that they just buy new vinyl now to support the artists. Mm -hmm. And this is someone who's in the music industry and as a musician. And, and I just thought that, I'm like, wow, that is really interesting. So maybe it is kind of true. Well, I do have nine turntables in my house. Well, I mean, there you I have go. the means to play it. You, me I just, you uh, messed up that stat a little bit. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and two of them are like the old like console, like really pretty old oh, ones. Oh, um, yeah, nice. Yeah, so Does it's it more work? of just like a, a collection thing. Yeah, do, do those old ones work? Um, One of them does, and one of them does not. But I, the one that does work doesn't work great. Okay. And I really want to kind of like rewire because it's really cool. It's um, there's a little miniature bar inside of it with like places for shot I've glasses seen, and bottles. I've seen and that. Then, uh, like Mad Men style. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. very, very yeah. um, mid-century. Yeah. And I really want to like rewire that one, but I have no idea how to do that. Yeah. I've just been saying I'm going to for years. Well, it's, those are those are the things that you can't just like unscrew and open up like they're they're beautiful cabinets with beautiful woodworking like how do you even get in there yeah 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 i don't know yeah and not many guys around who are working on those <laughs> yeah no there's not i think um, in sacramento which is like an hour from me i saw a record repair okay store like a turntable repair store yeah yeah oh um, my gosh yeah those things and they but, actually sound really nice too when you get them working yeah yeah, yeah. it's just a matter of trying to lug it there for um, <laughs> it's just nice as a piece of furniture in my house <laughs> yeah it is a conversation piece yeah oh that's awesome yeah, i have other turntables that i can that are like functional so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh amy this is so been it's been so great to chat with you and and yeah. so great to meet you uh, i love the label i i love the record i was listening <laughs> to today um, you have a comp, do you must have a compilation or something out there? Is, is there something that yeah, we do? We, actually, the first thing we did yeah, within okay. a month of opening, we had a Smart. Christmas compilation. Oh, nice. Like with uh, Christmas music? It wasn't Christmas music. Oh, okay. No. Okay. I think there were two Christmas songs on it, but it was, <laughs> it was just Santa themed for some reason. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, we've done a couple of comps. We had the misspelled one that we did with River Monster. That's worth a lot of money um, on Discogs right now. It's going for thousands. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what we tell people that's, that it's a collector's yes. item. Where yeah. we said allegedly. Yeah. Well, wait, wait uh, how did you spell it? No D. Allegedly, we forgot a D. Oh, why? Did you ever think? And so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Would I, well, I want you to continue, but I was going to ask if you ever thought that to maybe just change the label name to allegedly. You know what? That might have been easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We so our partner Chris is the one that designed the album, and I don't want to say you're made throwing the him under the, the bus spelling. right now, but I am. But also, I Brie um, proofread it, and then I was the one who actually sent it to the company, and then approved the proof, saying, oh. "Yeah, everything's correct on here." Oh man! And it went through all of that, and then for the other label to be like, "Hey, your name spells wrong." Oh my goodness! <laughs> Well, it's nice that all three of you got your hands on it. Yeah, I take spelling very seriously. I play words with friends like all day long. Um, oh, okay. I'm. I used to work in English classes, 
So for me, I was like, oh my God, that's the worst thing that could happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. In the name too, like not just a band name or like a copyright tag, like <laughs> just our own name <laughs> and trying to get the brand out there. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. It was, it was funny though. Like looking back at the time we were horrified, but then it quickly became funny. I have like, when I'm like, typing, that's the kind of scripts we are. I have a few, <clears throat> I have a few words that I always get wrong and just use spell correct for spell check for oh. and allegedly is one of them. And so today, like probably five times today when I'm typing the, opening the session, mm -hmm. doing all these things, you're typing your name. Um, I, yeah, I had to use spell <laughs> spell check. You know, it does seem in the beginning, like I I messed it up a couple times too, but now my phones, I have two phones and they both are just like, they just you know type it. A, you're either typing Amy or allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> or allegedly Amy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I like allegedly too. So consider that yeah. maybe for your 10-year anniversary of changing the name yeah maybe we'll branch off and do something else oh yeah like a like little sub label that's a great idea yeah that would work <laughs> thanks so much for doing this congrats on the label thank you for having me thank you all for listening and thanks to amy for coming on the show and chatting about allegedly records you can find out more about allegedly records by going to allegedlyrecords.com but first you're going to have to know how to spell allegedly records and i'll let you figure that out you can just use google it'll tell you if you spelt it wrong that's why we didn't even need to go to school in the first place thanks again to infinite catalog for sponsoring our podcast and supporting our community of independent record labels find out more about them by going to infinitecatalog.com and infinitecatalog.com slash other record labels for a special discount thanks for listening